Today's conversation is with Bill Litster, president of Better Biz Info. While we often have startups that are talking about raising capital on this show, we have a great opportunity here to talk about the people who are bootstrapping and who just happen to have more of a dream than they do business savvy. Bill makes sure that those people actually get to achieve their dreams. We started talking about, you know, the proverbial music school teacher who says they want to bring music to the world, uh, but they don't always watch their bottom line and how that impedes their vision. You know, Bill highlights, you know, they're really talking about scaling there and you're going to need money to make that happen. So Bill leverages the profit first methodology to get businesses and business owners like that where they want to be. And Bill also shares his why moment for that, where he used to be a franchise owner and own multiple other businesses. But early on, he took on a franchise only to find that he couldn't even afford to buy milk and had to step in and do something he never thought he would just to get by. But that moment changed everything. His attitude towards business, running things, and where he wanted to be in life and making sure that nobody else experiences that. So when you've got skills that can help people and you have the why, well, then you have this conversation here with Bill. So without further ado, Bill Litster of Better Biz Info. Already, we've had a great conversation even before we hit record. And I really believe this is going to come through. I often get to talk to people who are talking about raising, you know, seed capital or you know, yeah. they just went public. And, and there's this whole segment of business that sort of runs on donuts and coffee and doesn't know what day or time it is. And they're just <laughs> trying to figure things out. And it seems you create order in that world of chaos. So if we you do. could, in just a couple of words, hit me with who it is you're trying to reach these days or who you've been working with actually to much success. Uh, because from what I saw on your website, and correct me if this is wrong, it's like music schools and things of that nature that probably don't keep their eye on the bottom line. Is that accurate? That's a- that's accurate. You know, we uh, we like to work with small to medium sized businesses. We specialize in in the music schools, music industry, music professionals. But so many of these owners, you know, their whole dream was to start their business, and they're running along and. Like, where's the cash? You know, they're not making any money. They're paying their employees, but they can't even put food on the table, you know? So we help people solve that problem, help them become profitable, pay themselves, live the dreams, you know, that they got into it for. And this is consulting, not because most people think, oh, well, then I'll just get an accountant to solve that for me. But that's somebody else you also pay, right? Like, <laughs> it's, not, well, it's yeah. not someone helping shape your business. <laughs> yeah, and we, we do help people, you know, get their books in order and we can even help them do that. But one thing they have to realize, tracking the numbers, that's, that's one thing. Understanding them, making decisions on that, growing your business, understanding what that means and how your business is failing or succeeding and what tweaks you can make, that's consulting. And that's what we do. I love that because often people will hire a marketing agency since my own background is in marketing. And Mm -hmm. uh, tracking 
the data is one thing. Knowing what to do with that data is an entirely oh, other whole different skill game. Set, right? Yeah. It is. <laughs> Uh, it is. When did you start turning in this direction? Were you always a consultant, things of that nature? Did you have a corporate background yourself, or an um, entrepreneurial background? I actually started uh, out of college as working as a, well, kind of a consultant for with accounting software company. And I would transition people from whatever systems they were to these new computerized network systems. And from there, I got into um, technology because I had to do all this technology. So I became a Microsoft certified engineer, certified trainer. And I did training with NASA and Boeing and IBM and Dow Chemical and all over the country, even out of the country. And um, it's where I figured out, you know, the marriage of technology and bookkeeping and business. And, and I work with hundreds of business owners that had no idea where they were would call the bank every day to see if they had any money. And I figured, you know what? We can solve this. We can solve this problem. And so that's where I um, started working with this. And, you know, it's been a journey, but it's been awesome. I helped a lot of people along the way, helped myself, learned a lot, and uh, had my own set of failures in life, as most entrepreneurs do. But, man, we are, we are helping a lot of people now, and I'm excited about that. Yeah. Do you remember your first like client where where you were really just doing this as better uh, better biz info? You're like, this is this is, we're gonna do this, and and you secure because it sounded like it sort of gradually built over time and sort of had that thing going as opposed to that big decision. I'm gonna do this and took a parachute or no parachute off the plane. Yeah, was it more like the the former where it sort of just over time gradually as you were doing things? Yeah, it was kind of, you know, I'd been helping people with that for years. And then I, I bought a franchise and had a catastrophic rah, rah, failure, you know? Wow. And I said, I'm, I am never going to do that again and have that happen to me. And I'm never going to let that happen to anybody else. And so I started implementing some of these um, cash flow procedures and profit management procedures. And, uh, and I started working with clients and then I ran into the profit first system, which was everything that I believed in with the whole system around it. And, you know, kind of one of my first clients, um, was actually a company that does a uh, ceiling of concrete, you know, stuff like that, but yeah. got in with them. They had no idea where we were. They were. So first we got their visibility. So they knew what they were doing, trained them on how to read their numbers and what it meant and then how to make business decisions. And then we started on this cash flow management system and they went from losing money, not knowing where they were to making money. And eventually the owners went off, built a house, turned the business over to their son and making a lot of money and referred me to like 20 other people, which two of them have sold the businesses and made a bunch of money now of those. So yeah, it's been really good. That's also one of the benefits of knowing your numbers is you can actually sell the business if you want to. <laughs> and, and you know what it needs to look like to sell it, right? So. Uh, it's funny. One of the things I often come across uh, on this show and many of the other shows that I hosted was that entrepreneurs have all at some point faced that we've got like two weeks left of like runway for what we're doing. Yeah. We think. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, yeah. And just the nightmares that come across. And it sounds like when we go back to what you said about the 
franchise you owned, which I can only imagine what that was like. I've, I've interviewed a few people who go around helping people get into franchises, right? Yeah. But I, I don't know if the support is in place there. And if I can't, I can't recall. It's usually time. not. It's usually not. <laughs> yeah, man. And so to know that that's, that's sort of where your heart is at and your mission is at, I think that's yeah. important because don't they say, and it seems to be pretty accurate that the first three years of a business makes or breaks it. And often they oh, yeah. die out, especially restaurant based businesses or this or that just simply for lack of cash flow. Yeah. And what I, what I see is, and I see this over and over again, I experienced myself, you know, you, you're into it about some people at six months, sometimes it's a year, two years, you know, that one to three years, like you said, they get to the point where they don't know what to do. They're running out of cash and they are no more thinking about the dream of why they got into it. They're either thinking about how to get out of it or figuring out what are they going to do on the side? What are they going to, they're just more worried about going out of business than living their dream, you know? And one thing I love about what we do is we actually can turn that dream back into reality on day one by implementing just a few things, you know? And to get them back into that perspective, remind them why they started this in the first place. And the one key thing I'll say right here is if you think your business is broken and you're a failure, it's not you that's failing. It's the system you're using because you just don't know how to make your money work for you instead of you figuring out and being responsible for making it all work. You know, it's money's just money. Right? It's money in, money out. And if you can figure out how to make the money in more than the money that's going out, you are successful. Right? I'm so glad you said that uh, because I myself have been there. And, 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 it's not, and you can only know that and say that the way that you just said without like with you making sure that you also have that experience. What I mean by that is when you said, if you think you yourself are a loser or what have you because of the way things have turned out in business, Anyone in business who's experienced that immediately goes, ah, because it's true. Sometimes it's hard to separate. And often that, that only makes things worse yeah. when you can't separate it does. the way that you're feeling uh, in regards to your business. Because you're right. It, the money itself doesn't have uh, a care whether, you know, <laughs> you care about it's this just, or you care about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just money, you know. But I remember when I was in that franchise business and my partner called and he said, I don't think you should be taking any money out of the business until we're making a profit. And I'm sitting there. I have eight kids at home to feed. I can't just not have an income. And I remember the day I went to my 17-year-old son who worked at Subway and had to ask him if I could borrow money to buy milk because I couldn't even buy milk. Yeah. And I said, that's it, you know? And at that moment, I was no longer thinking about Succeeding in that business, I was thinking about how to sell it. And you you can't succeed when you're when you're in that mindset, you know. So yeah. profitability, it's a mindset. It's an understanding. I can do this. The system, our tendency to say is I'm not, I'm not cut out to do this. You know, other people can make business work. I just obviously am broken. I'm not the right guy. That's what you start to think. And I'm just telling you, it's not you. If you implement a few things, a couple of systems, some cash management can turn it around pretty quickly. You just need the tools. 
you know, and, and that's what I love to do is help these people um, go from where they are to seeing where they are to change in where they are. You know, if you, if you can read your numbers and get some visibility, it's like reading a book, right? And if you can read the book, you can change the ending. But if you, if you can't even read the book, you don't even know where you're going, you know? It's like uh, yeah. trying to get somewhere and there's no service and the GPS isn't yeah. working. Like <laughs> yeah. What, what I tell people, it's kind of like, you know, when you're driving a car, you know, people are like, well, I got to get my books from my bookkeeper and he's 60 days behind. I'm like, it's like driving a car, looking in the rear view mirror. <laughs> I mean, you're never going to get where you're going if you're staring in the rear view about what happened 60 days ago. You know, the more, it's more important to know where am I right now? And where am I trying to get to? And I glance in the rearview mirror for some perspective, but I focus on where I am and where I'm going and have a map and a path how to get where I want to get to. And that's, that's the dream we're getting to. And, that's, and it's, a, it's a plan and strategy, right? And we can get visibility, we can get profitability, and then we can scale, you know? You brought something up that I think is super important, especially because... Uh, I hang around with a lot of old school guys from time to time. I'm fortunate enough to have mentors and they all kind of say the same thing to me and they keep trying to remind me, you know, it's funny. I've done 2000 interviews. I, I hear all these things. I know all these things. And yet they go, you're overthinking business. It's actually really simple. Uh, it's, it's just about charging people and making sure that what you're offering is, is actually worth charging for. And often I may not be the only one and people who are, I imagine a lot of the customers you serve like music schools and things of that nature, you tend to want to do the good thing, right? You think you have this mentality, if you will, that charging is a bad thing sometimes almost. And I think that you are uniquely qualified just from the energy I get from you and the way that you see things. Yeah. Sometimes do you ever find is what I'm trying to say is, do you ever find that you have to do a lot of inner work with your clients in terms of their mentality and yes. how they view things as opposed to just the, here's the step one, two, and three? Yeah. I, I, I view myself as probably 50% consultant, 50% psychiatrist, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Talk and to it, me and, about that. <laughs> and, it, and it's, yeah, it's the way it is, you know? And um, I'll just use a music school, for example. You know, most of the people that start a music school are, people who love music, they're into music and their dream is to get music into the world and to help people love music. And, and, you know, it's, it's this altruistic dream and they're going to help everybody. And, and I think, you know, they'll even say this, I'm really not so much into this for the money. I'm into this to get music (laughs) into the world. And I'm like, well, number one, you still have to eat. But number two, if that's really your dream, to get music into the world and teach more people and get more people to love music. That dream to become a reality takes money. And if you want to reach more people, you got to have the resources and ability to, to reach more people, you know, Um, you know, you were talking about mentors. I had a, a, a fantastic mentor in my life. And he would always tell me, uh, uh, I tell many things he told me, but one of them was if he says, if God gave you the ability to make money, then you have a responsibility to use that gift to make money so that you can improve the world even more. You know, 
Because it's not about you taking the money. It's about you having the resources to live your dream, whatever that is. If your dream is to buy a houseboat and live on the water for the rest of your life, great. If your dream is to reach 10,000 people and every year and teach them music, let's make that happen, you know? But you got to pay yourself in the process. And that's one of the things that we do and help people fulfill their dreams, you know? As my mentor used to say, plan the work, work the plan. That's what we do. There it is. So, yeah. yeah, and it, it sounds like when someone says something or pie in the sky, which can be reality, but like I want to impact that many people with music, then what they're talking about is scaling, right? Yes. And they're getting ahead of themselves because first you have to have some degree of profit before you can have yeah. the resources to invest in scaling up from profit. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> and I, I talked to a lot of people and they're like, you know, the, the answer is the same. If I could just sell more, We'd be okay. <laughs> I could just sell more, right? Look, so let's get into your uh, your transactions here and say you lo- you're losing a thousand dollars on every deal. So you really want to get twenty thousand more deals? You know, it, it, it doesn't work. First, we have to one understand where we are, so we can price accordingly, do our our uh, offerings appropriately, create the profit that we need, and then once we're making money on every deal, then we scale, right? And there, you know, and there's also a big misnomer, a myth that's out there that says you have to, you have to, in order to make more money, you have to spend more money. That's not always really true. There are a lot of processes that we implement with people that don't cost anything that help them scale. But you only want to scale if you make a positive percentage on every deal you know or you have a plan that as you scale your profitability increases right and it'll do that if you do it right and then if we have opportunities to spend money we'll have the money to spend it and and uh you know create exponential growth and we can do that so you know i'm curious in your experience as this world begins to change more and more do you find that people are still open to running brick and mortar businesses? I, I would assume a lot of the people that are doing music schools, they need the, the real estate, the, the lease and the whole rigmarole there, as opposed to digital businesses and, yeah. and sort of uh, removing that overhead. What, what has been your view in, the, in terms of the trend? In you know, it's, that? That is a, that's a very good question because uh, in the in the music industry, and you know, we talk about music schools specifically, but then the rest of that industry, COVID changed everything. You know, before COVID hit, all my uh, clients were saying, "Well, what we got to figure out what we're going to do because we need to add, you know, six new lesson rooms, and we're going to have to get a new space and all of this." COVID hits, and they're like, "Nobody can come to lessons. We got to build our, you know." lessons through zoom and ways to do things digitally and how can we do that and suddenly by the time covid got over people were like uh you know we don't need to get any more rooms because we have the ability to scale without having to have more rooms you know and and uh the rest of the industry i mean the world has changed I and mean, it used to be people thought to succeed in music you have to be you know Don Henley, the rock star, and get on stage and do all this. But nowadays, you know, you can 
get on Spotify. You can, you can get your music in front of a lot of people and get a following and sell your music and, and all kinds of stuff without every, anybody ever seeing your face, you know, they can just hear your music and there's ways to grow it digitally. And then you can expand into whatever you want. And a lot of my clients have really moved into that space of helping, helping musicians who often are people with full-time jobs that always had this dream since they were 15 of being a musician. Right. And we, they help those type of people meet their dreams in different ways, you know, by exploring the digital options, exploring the way to get followers of their, uh, their offering or how to teach music online or how to do, you know, courses online about how to improve your music skills or your music industry. So, yeah, I, I think we're seeing less brick and mortar demand than we used to. I mean, there's still some because person to person is always better when you're teaching music. Yeah. But to grow your music, to learn things, definitely digital is infinitely taking scalable. a big chunk. Yeah. It, it's infinitely scalable. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can only imagine. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I asked that because I just, from what I'm picking up, the stuff that you're putting down, it just makes sense that you would see a lot of those uh, and you would inter interface and interact with a lot of people who are potentially uh, in that line of business where overhead might be a requirement in terms of leasing a building and things of that nature and how that changes everything, right? In terms of visibility, profitability. You know, some people don't even want to look at what they owe on the lease. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> they call those keepers, right? They just keep them in the <laughs> uh, file cabinet. Yeah. Um, but uh, with that said, let's, let's sort of talk about maybe the first use case you ever had where you said, this is it. This is the client I can I can champion and show people. This is what I do. Do do you have one in particular early on? Obviously, I'm sure you have spades now, many. But was there one oh, yeah. in particular that first landed for you, and you said, "Yes, this is exactly the model for what I want to do for the client," and because of the way that it succeeded. Yeah, and you know I could talk about that with. There's probably two or three landmark ones, but. Um, you know, the, the home healthcare industry, I've had a few in that space, but if we keep it to the kind of the music world, um, I had a client, they, they read the profit first book, you know? And so they put a thing out there saying, Hey, I'd love anybody to help me with this. And, and I connected with her and she was in San Diego running a music school. And she was one of those had no idea where they were couldn't pay the rent, couldn't do any of that. It was, you know, months behind on the rent. I'm on that verge of, I'm just failing. This is ridiculous. And we started her on this profit management system. We trained her on visibility so she could see her numbers, know where she was, and make good decisions based on that. And, you know, in like six months after that, she had the system in place. She was all caught up on her rent. Within a year, she was expanding into a second location and she became the uh, music school of the year for the entire country year after that. And now she lives where she wanted to live. She always wanted to live in Texas. So she lives in Texas and she runs her music studios in California remotely. And she is loving it and scaling it. And yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And she will tell you up and down, this is the, this is the way to go, you know, get your visibility, get some profit first, 
some profit systems in place, and then the scaling is uh, exponentially valuable, the things that we can do there. And we have processes for that that we help people with. So. I love that. And it, I mean, first of all, congratulations to them. That's just, that sounds like oh, a yeah. dream came true. You know what I mean? And and thank you so it much for doing them. that. You know, when I, when I think about the thread that's been, that's been sort of spun here in this conversation, all the way from, I had that franchise and it went down the way that it did. And not only did I never yeah. want to go through that again, but I also want to make sure others don't. And then we come right. from a circle here where you had someone who legitimately had no idea what they were going to do. And you changed that. You set out, you set that intention, set that goal. And that really is what you made your business of. And yeah. to be able to share with us that moment when you had to ask for money from your son, like just every business owner has been there. I, I know plenty yeah. of, of yeah. I've had that conversation. Those are tough moments. And that only happens when you decide to take a risk on yourself and bet all yeah. on yourself. Uh, but not everyone has all the skills they need, you know? Yeah. Uh, th there's just such a power behind what you're sharing because there's a degree of transparency here in terms of lessons. Like, first, you got to be honest with yourself, right? Yep. Like, do you need the help? Then get the help and invest in that because that'll change everything with the right help, right? And whether it's with you, Bill, or someone else, as long as people are willing to do that, and then willing to do what the help is telling them to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing. right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, you know, and a lot of it is like with this lady I'm talking about that turned everything around. I mean, the first step was to get into her head that she could actually do this. She had to believe in herself. And, and when you see some systems, it helps you do that. So, I mean, there's been a few moments in my life that are like those life changing things. You know, one was when I had to ask my son for money. You know, that was. That changed me. A month ago, I was in Israel during the attacks. I was over there to do a speech and woke up and bombs are blowing up over our hotel. And I'm just like, uh, and we spent four days, you know, escaping out of Israel across the Jordan border. It was crazy. But I'll tell you what, that changed me. And, and one thing it changed me for is, you know, life's too short to spend one more minute worrying about it and trying to say, you know, I'm not sure I can make this work. You know, let's get serious, take the steps to turn our life around, turn the business around because it can be done and we don't have to wait another day, but be serious about it. Be intentional about it because if you have a dream and you're serious enough about it and you're committed to make a change Talk to someone like me that can help you, guide you through that process. You can have that dream, right? Just make it happen. And uh, hard things, hard times in life, they're not bad things if we look at them as a motivation to help us change and make something different, right? Yeah. So man. that's good. No, I, again, I can't, I can't thank you enough for, for speaking power and to anyone who's listening right now who, you know, I often, like I said, I, I'll speak to someone and they're focused on, oh, I've got my startup and I raised capital. And for some people, they can't relate to that because they went the other way. They decided to bootstrap and start their oh, own yeah. business and uh, be really gritty about it. And just every day gritting their teeth and white knuckling it through oh, the yeah. world. But that, that also doesn't have to be the case, you know, um, especially when there's people like you out there whose mission it is to help bring that visibility, then the profitability, and then scaling 
to all those who really do have that big dream. Uh, It it really can be that easy. Well, it's not going to be easy, but it really can be that practical. It can be that practical, (laughs) right? You can start sleeping at night again because you have a plan, <laughs> you know? Which, which is usually what keeps people up, right? Uh, my own always says something about, uh, what does he say? He says, uh, clarity equals confidence equals execution, right? And yeah, it's exactly, that's BPS right there. Visibility, <laughs> right, right. profitability, yeah, it's just other words. Yeah. yeah, profitability is definitely confidence, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because you know what? If you, if you know you can put food on your own table and you know you can make your payroll. Yeah. The world changes. I mean, you can spend your time, your brain power on actually improving and growing the business and, and meeting your dream instead of where am I going to get money for payroll? How am I going to feed the kids this week? Everybody's getting paid but me, you know? Yeah. Oh, man, the amount of times I've heard someone say, and you know, we didn't take, I personally didn't take a salary for like three or four months. I'm like, how did you even, you know? <laughs> and they wear, they wear it like a badge of courage. And I'm just like, it's because you're running your business wrong. Yeah, Because the number one most important business person in your business is you. And if you're not taking care of you, eventually it's going to come crashing down, you know? Man, you said it. Listen, I want to roll out the red carpet for you because we've had an in-depth conversation. I think we could have gone in any number of directions, but I'm glad that we went where we did. Because for some people, it's literally that mindset shift that they're really looking for. Uh, yeah. That permission to ask for help. Uh it doesn't feel good, especially when you're supposed to be the leader of this venture uh-huh. that you took upon yourself. And But everyone needs the wise wizard to come in as part of the hero's journey, right? So with that said, let's roll out the red carpet. What do you want the listeners to know? Do you have any books, webinars, opportunities for people to visit or go to? Yeah, we, we do. We run a, uh, a free webinar once or twice a month on introduction to Profit first, introduction to profitability. And we go through that in that webinar, some just fundamental steps of what you can do to create permanent profitability in your business starting tomorrow. I mean, if, if you follow those steps, even from that free webinar, you can change the world. Right. And we also give you some tools and say, this is how you can get additional help from us. But I think that's a great place to start. It's no risk, you know, just get in and kind of get a feel for what kind of tools are available. And get your mind back on track, you know? And so um, betterbizinfo.com, we have all of that, uh, those links to sign up for those free webinars. And um, that's good. I'd certainly encourage people to read Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. It's a book that's out there. Um, We do support people in that and help them implement that process. And uh, other than that, I'd love to just talk to people on the phone. I mean, we do a free introductory call just to talk to them about their business, where they're at, answer some questions, point them in the right direction. And we work together great. But I want to help people because I don't want anybody else not being able to put milk on their table if I can help it. So. Man, thank you for that because I know those feelings all too well. And I've interviewed enough people to know that that is a very common lonely they think it's lonely place to be but if you just open up and have the conversation and talk to the right people like yourself though that can change literally immediately yes it can it can Uh, man thank you so much for stopping by you're welcome thank you